0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What does Jonathan India's hitting streak mean for his season? Justin Dunn's stellar start was halted after four innings last night. I'll tell you why. And there's a player we have written off who's making us take notice of him. That's all coming up on today's locked on Reds
1: you are locked on Reds your daily Cincinnati
0: Reds podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day you are locked on Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host Stephen Offenbaker is out today, so it's just you and me. I am a lifelong fan of the Cincinnati Reds, and I've turned my addiction into information for you. As we're down to four seasons, we're, we're coming down to the wire here on the fourth season of me bringing you daily Reds podcast. Locked on Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team. Every day. Thanks for always making us your first listen. We're free and available on all platforms. On today's podcast, I want to jump into a guy who's making us take notice of him. Although we may or may not have really even uh, took notice of him in the first place, depending on who you are. And Justin Dunn had a nice start. We'll give you some good trends to watch out for that I've seen over the last couple of games against these Cardinals. But I want to start first off with the hitting streak. Of Jonathan India. And before I start that, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, India, 13 games and counting on the hitting streak right now. He's actually uh, doing pretty well in the hitting, uh, in the batting average department at three twenty. Now, we always talk there's a lot more to hitting than batting average, and something that I've noticed is he's still not slugging very well. It's a lot of singles here and there, but you'll love to see it. This is a guy who we've talked about here recently that he's playing hurt, and it's very obvious to me that the whole reason for this is they've talked to him the training staff has talked to him the management staff has talked to him and he's trying to salvage what really has been a disappointing season Let, let's, let's be honest jonathan india and, and he would probably admit this as well this is not anywhere near where we thought he would be in fact it's something that i uh, looked up zips uh, over at fangraphs uh, dan simborski does a projection system each and every year for every player and he had projected Jonathan India to have a slash line of 262 with a 372 on base and a 451 slugging. And he projected him to amass just over four wins above replacement. Now it's fan graphs, wins above replacement uh, calculation, but still a four win player would make him a top five major league baseball, second baseman, top five, second baseman in major league baseball. Jeez, a little off today. But that's not the reality. In fact, according to Fangraph's war calculation, he's been worth 0.3 wins above replacement this year. And again, if you look at the batting average statistic, you'd say, well, it's not that bad. He was projected to hit 262. He's hitting 257. Yeah, but he's got non-base at 323 and a slugging of 402. Those are marked differences from his projections. A lot of it's just been dealing with injury. How has he come back from the big injury early on in the season? And then also with the Field of Dream stuff. Look, I know that we've talked about this a couple of different times, but that hit by pitch has really affected him. In fact, if you look this year, July, he was on fire in the month of July. He slashed 290 with a 365 on base and 527 slugging. That's more like it. Now, I didn't think he'd play all year with like a 500 slugging. That's pretty darn good. That's a middle of the order type dude. And Jonathan India is going to be the Reds leadoff hitter. Unless somebody unseats him. But with what he did in July, you really started to feel like he was turning a corner. And then he gets that hit by pitch in the Field of Dreams game. And ever since then, it's been different. I mean, the month of August, even with this 13 game hitting streak, the month of August, he's slugging under 400. It, it, it's annoying from a fan's perspective as I watch Jonathan India to see how much it's affected him. And there's part of me that says, why don't you just shut him down, get him healthy, bring him back next year. But that's not who Jonathan India is. Jonathan India is not taking a sabbatical. He's not taking a break because he's kind of hurt. You have to have a legitimate reason to keep Jonathan India Off the field. And this is where the stats don't explain why a player is so awesome and why we love him. Like, there is no number that quantifies the grit and the heart and the tenacity that Jonathan India has on a daily basis basis coming in batting leadoff he'll bat second if they've got you know if jake fraley's on a hot streak or if they want to put somebody else in the leadoff spot with who's having a hot streak at least till the end of this year we'll we'll have a different conversation whenever the reds are a playoff team and they're messing with the leadoff hitter spot but for right now that's not that big a deal but he comes in and he does the work every single day you can kind of see it sometimes in the way that his gait is around the bases just kind of a little bit off in fact since he came back from the injury back in, you know, he, it was, uh, June 20 or no, it was, it was in the beginning of June. Anyway, I had marked down June 28th cause that was his first home run. But really since he came back from injury, he was one stolen base. That's it. That's not Jonathan India. He, he's playing hurt but I have tremendous respect for him. It's something that Steve and I talked about the other days, like, you know, man, they, they're, they're, letting him play hurt, but that's also part of Jonathan India's mystique. And I think that we both discounted that. And the more that I thought about it, the more that I watched him last night, it's like, yes, he's not right. But that's part of Jonathan India playing through the pain and just gritting out some awesome performances. I love the fact that he's got this hitting streak going. Love to see him crank a home run tonight or something like that off of, uh, Jose Quintana and against these, dumb birds from St. Louis, but I also know that this injury has affected his game. The fact that he is still able to go out there and be a quality major league player just speaks to the heart and everything that he puts into this game. I respect that wholeheartedly. And I absolutely love everything about Jonathan India. It's a bummer to me that we're not going to see that season that we thought we were going to get. I bet he bounces back next year and You've got a couple of bounce-back candidates on this team between him and Joey Votto that the lineup's going to be a lot of fun to watch whenever they're back healthy. But overall, the injuries have just sapped Jonathan India's sophomore year, and this 13-game hitting streak is like him trying to break through the clouds and just get a glimpse of what we would have seen, even though it still doesn't include the power and, and the overall speed that we might have seen. From a healthy Jonathan India. So I'm rooting for him, obviously, to finish the season super strong here and just get back some of that, some of the expectations that we had for him before all of the injuries kind of messed that up. Uh, coming up, we got to talk about this win last night. The Reds had a complete team win. Jonathan India was part of that, but a complete team win. We can't say that very often. We're going to look into why the Reds were able to put that together here in just a minute. But tonight, the Reds have a matchup on the mound. You've got Mike Miner against Jose Quintana. I mentioned that just a moment ago with the Cardinals here at Grand American. And they've got a shot to win the series. Now, Bet Online doesn't like their chances. In fact, Bet Online has their uh, money line odds to win the game at plus 204. If you put 10 bucks on it, you'll win 20 on top of that if the Reds win. I don't know that I'm going near the money line. I'm not sure what's going to happen. Mike Miner. So, okay. And here's the other thing too. The over under on this game, they think there's going to be a lot of runs scored. And I tend to agree. The over under is nine and a half. Yeah. Right. The over, I'm about to say, take the over, but I'm going to tell you why there's two good reasons. The first one, Mike Miner's made 15 starts this year. And only six of them has he allowed less than four runs. And a couple of those six, he's allowed three runs. So there you go that's part to the over. The other part to me of course Jose Quintana on the mound. He's pitched well this year. He's got one thing that makes me wonder a little bit about his statistics. According to his career he has a or he has a homer to fly ball ratio of around 10 to 11%. This year it's only 6% he's been getting lucky on the homers and he's, it's not as if he's allowing less fly balls. His ground ball rate is about the same that it's always been for his entire career. So he's still giving up the same amount of fly balls on a daily basis, but he's not seeing as many of those leave the yard. Welcome to great American small park, Jose Quintana. I'm saying, if you're taking anything for this game, take, over nine and a half total runs on the game. And I think last I checked, that's actually a pretty decent value as well over at Bet Online. And for all your sports gambling needs, check out betonline.net because that's where the game starts. Thanks for making Lockdown Reds your first listen of the day. As always, coming up tomorrow, we'll see if the Reds can get that Series 1. We'll break down what happens in another Mike Miner start, and we'll look ahead to the weekend series. But let's talk about last night, because Justin Dunn was good I love to see those four innings that he had. He did give up the one home run, but overall a fantastic performance by him. That one homer was just one of three hits that he allowed. He had four strikeouts. Now, the one thing that I will say, he wasn't missing many bats. There were only three total whiffs on the night and they were on his slider. He didn't get any swings and misses on his fastball or his curveball. And he only threw his changeup twice. And they were both outside the zone. So they weren't even factoring in but he was able to drop all of his pitches in nice spots. of the, In fact, he got two called third strikes on fastballs that were just fooling guys. Justin Dunn was doing something that we kind of want to see Hunter Green and um, Graham Ashcraft, and Graham Ashcraft's been better at this than Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo do on a consistent basis moving forward, and that is disguising his pitches and tunneling them very well. You saw many a pitch that Cardinals hitters, including Paul Goldstein, watched cross the plate and the umpire calls strike and they were just like, yeah, oh, wow. All right. That was a strike. Sure. Didn't see that one coming. There was a lot of those deceptive pitches last night from Justin Dunn. And honestly, I thought he could have went five or six. And at the time I was a little bit perturbed as to why they pulled him. I thought they were being overly cautious. And you know, it seems like with some guys they're a little bit cavalier with their health and things like that. But I will say this, when you look at the way, that he pitched last night, it was so awesome to see because that was the kind of thing that you're hoping for moving forward. He's the kind of guy that I think could be, you know, a back end of the rotation, rotational type pitcher, maybe a guy who he's a long relief pitcher for a little bit. And if you need him to spot start in a pinch, he could do that. Or if he's a guy that maybe you need to move him to the back end of the bullpen for some reason, he could be a very versatile Pitcher, but he also has the upside of being a starter because last night we saw that upside. Justin Dunn is the kind of guy, and and really, I admired his tenacity whenever he got pulled because that was something that, you know, he was pitching four really good innings and they showed it a little bit on the television broadcast of him talking to David Bell and not looking very happy. In fact, John Sadak mentioned there were two conversations that Justin Dunn had but Justin Dunn kind of sets the record straight at the end of last night's game. Went up to go get a stretch and by the time I came out the decision was made and uh, tried to fight to stay in Um, but hindsight probably the right decision coming off my history and uh, get right back out of this week but it it, it feels different than what I went through in in Seattle and they were fortunate enough to make the right decision, so I'm super thankful for DB and, and DJ me out. You know, the competitor in me wanted to go, but God forbid I go out and throw one pitch, and, and something worse happens, and I'm out for another 460-whatever days it was. So um, the competitor in me was pissed, but looking back at it now, it probably was the right one. And part of it's probably... You know, let's blame Twitter a little bit because it was an instant reaction theater of, well, nobody had a report as to why Justin Dunn was pulled. And so I immediately jumped to conclusions, but the key word there was shoulder, anything going on with a pitcher shoulder, especially for Justin Dunn, who had that crazy shoulder injury that kept him out of uh, games for a very long time. Um, you definitely want to treat that with kid gloves. So that was the right decision. And it helped because the guys that came in after him pitched well, but overall great performance by Justin Dunn looking for more of the same, looking for more deception in uh, his starts coming forward. But there were a couple of trends in this game that I want to watch out for. And in fact, one of them was the guy who replaced Justin Dunn, because he came out of the bullpen. I'm not going to lie. This was a bit of surprise, because when I heard his name called, I had to look that up. Derek Law, he's a 31-year-old journeyman relief pitcher, and he had a nice Reds debut last night. He had two innings, kept the scoreboard completely clean, and I think I said in my post game now last night it was his Major League debut. That's wrong. He's been pitching since 2016. I was just really excited about the Reds winning. But the way that he pitched last night was admirable. He shut down a Cardinals lineup that has just been crazy, crazy good as of late. I don't necessarily think that he's the kind of guy who, you know, Ooh, could he be part of the bullpen in the future? Maybe. But I think really he's been brought in to just fill some bullpen innings because he is um, not Ross Detweiler because the move that was made was they designated Ross Detweiler for assignment and they added Derek law to the bullpen. Now, can we just do that with Hunter Strickland? Anyway, watch out for Derek law moving forward. We'll see what he can bring. the reds bullpen another trend to watch out for is uh reds catchers bringing in the runs yeah two nights in a row you had chucky robinson and austin romine both getting two rbis apiece both on two run home runs i'm not going to say that every time out the reds reds catcher is going to hit a home run but to see chucky robinson and austin romine down at the bottom of the lineup and delivering a really big hit in both cases, I mean, I know that the Reds didn't end up winning the first game because they allowed about a hundred million runs, but to at least give your team a chance by putting runs up on the board, you love to see that. Want to see if that continues tonight for whoever is back behind the plate uh, with Mike Miner on the mound. Something else that I want to see because I, I've been watching this a lot and it's it's been interesting to me because remember about three weeks ago, uh, David Bell made a move that we all said was wrong. In fact, all of us agreed that uh, all of us in reds country agreed that, uh, pinch hitting Alejo Lopez for Jose Barrero with the bases loaded in New York was a terrible idea because they're trying to develop Jose Barrero. Now I'm not going to go back and say that, you know, hindsight is now telling me that should have happened, but since that moment, Jose Barrero or, uh, sorry, uh, Alejo Lopez is 11 for 22. That's right. He's in 500. Since that moment when he ended, he did strike out in that pitch hit performance as well, but he's made as many hits as outs since that moment. And uh, I think it was like August 6th or something like that. But you love to see that he, he's a dude that I, I still want to see in the lineup as much as humanly possible. He's not played every day since that, uh, moment, obviously, but What he offers you is a very intriguing profile. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be anybody's worst nightmare in the lineup. Nobody's marking him down on their scouting report and saying, oh my gosh, we got to watch out for him. But Alejo Lopez does exactly what you want a lot of other hitters to do. If he's got a pitch on the outside part of the plate, he's going to slap that the other way. If he's got a pitch on the inside part of the plate, he's going to try and pull it. And he's got a plate and pitch in the middle, he's going to shoot it up the middle. He is doing exactly. He takes exactly what the pitcher gives him and he gets a single. Now he does have a couple of doubles in those 11 hits, but for the most part, he's not going to be a guy that has a high slugging percentage, but he's going to be a guy who gets on base because he makes a lot of good contact. I would love to see more of what he has in the tank because he could be a valuable, uh, you know, bench player, utility guy for the reds in the future. And again, he would fall under the category of cost effective in that manner. But Alejo Lopez, um, the Reds catching at the plate or, you know, hitting at the plate and Derek Law are a couple of guys or a couple of trends, a couple of things that I'm going to be watching out for coming up here soon. But hey, last night was an all around team win for the Reds. Where's that been? Sure is nice. But you know, there's one guy who's really turning heads here recently. And in fact, the whole month of August, really. Uh, and he's making us take notice of him. I'm going to tell you who that is and why that is coming up next. This
1: lockdown podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found...
0: But first, make sure that you uh, are following us on Twitter because in between podcasts, Steve and I like to drop our takes about the games and myriad other things. You can follow me on Twitter, as it says right here on YouTube. If you see that, it's at Jeff Carr with three Fs for those who are listening. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two Fs and you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. Also make sure that you're subscribed here on YouTube. If you're watching and this is your first time, we've got daily Reds content for you. Click the bell to get notified whenever we've got a new video coming up. All right, let's talk about him. The guy who's making us take notice. A guy that really, I wouldn't say that there's expectations that he's going to be a big part of the Reds' future, but he might be playing himself into that sort of conversation. TJ Friedel. Yeah. Now I was talking about how good Jonathan India's month of July has been. Take that and like almost double it. Okay, almost double. I mean, it's it's been TJ Friedel's August has been amazing. In the month of August, he's hitting 366. He's getting on base over 42 percent of the time, and he is slugging 732. Yeah, slugging seven. That's not his OPS. That's his slugging percentage. That means his OPS is over 1,000. By the way. Over 1,100, actually, if my math is, well, yeah, whatever. My math isn't great, but I know it's over 1,100. And 10 of his 15 hits are for extra bases. That is just phenomenal. Plus, you add in the fact that with all of these opportunities that he is getting in the month of August, five strikeouts. That's it. In a game where it's very common to see guys striking out, especially if you're watching Aristides Aquino or Jose Barrero bat, TJ Friedel's not doing that. TJ Friedel is coming up to the plate with hits in mind. I love to see what he's doing. If you're not watching TJ Friedel right now, like if if you're foregoing Reds games and things like that, but you are are tuning in with me, TJ Friedel is a reason to watch the Reds currently. Now he has been on such a a month, such a role since really being handed consistent playing time that it is making me wonder if there's a bigger conversation to be had about him. Now Me and Steve have mentioned that he is among the names of guys who fall under, you know, a fourth outfielder on a good team. And it's probably still Jake Fraley at the top of that list. But could T.J. Friedel play himself into a role? Next year, you're not talking about a lot of outfield prospects who are coming up. I mean, we've talked about this before. The Reds don't have a lot of outfield prospects. We'll probably be seeing some guys who are currently labeled as shortstops be moved to the outfield, and we'll see exactly how that plays out. But that's not going to happen on opening day next year. Who could be here on opening day next year is TJ Friedel. You love to see what he does. In fact, outside of the extra base hits and the fact that he's been hitting some dingers, he's had a couple of triples this month as well. He's just fast dude. When he hits a ground ball on the infield, it's not an automatic out. If it's a hard ground ball that takes the shortstop back a step, or maybe the third baseman has to range over the line to grab the ball. There's a chance he's beating that out for an infield single. And on this team, that does not have that much power. Base runners are a premium. And he is one of those guys along with Alejo Lopez who are going to be on base because they make good contact. I have very much enjoyed watching TJ Friedel. In fact, it was something that I was looking at the progression of his numbers coming into the month of August. He was batting 200. Now he's batting 250 coming into the month of August. He had a slugging percentage of 298. Now it's over 400. Dude has absolutely just blown up in the month of August. I, I can't wait to see it. He definitely deserves everyday playing time in the month of September, and I want to see if this can continue because if this can continue, we definitely need to see him a lot more next year, and, and and we'll see where it goes. And I know this is the point where Steve is probably like, well, Jeff, calm down a little bit. You're talking about TJ Friedel. Yes, he did come out of nowhere. Yes, he's not a guy that was on a top prospect list and and, and nor was his call up with any sort of pomp and circumstance, but this dude has worked his entire way. He has worked for everything that he has gotten here in major league baseball. And he now has an opportunity to prove to the reds that he deserves a bigger role. And that is the kind of guy that is so easy to root for. There's a lot of guys that, you know, you want to root for on this team. And of course we're seeing some dudes fizzle out. We're seeing some guys that just aren't up to snuff, you know, for, for the future of this team. But there are some guys like TJ Friedel, that weren't necessarily out there, that weren't necessarily like, bam, this is the guy that the Reds need to be calling up and putting in the everyday lineup right now. But he's making his way into that conversation. And if he continues this kind of hot stretch through September, we're going to have a fun offseason talking about where TJ Friedel fits into this roster for 2023. And then, you know, depending on what he does in 2023, we'll talk about what happens for a good Reds team and TJ Friedel. Again, you know, you need guys that aren't necessarily the, the all-star all world, just obvious middle of the order type dudes. You need depth guys. And this is really where the Reds can find this out with these guys that aren't at the top of their prospect list that weren't at the top of their plans for future success. Guys like TJ Friedel, guys like Alejo Lopez, guys like Chucky Robinson and Austin Roma, although Austin Romine was a trade, but guys like Chucky Ro- uh, Chucky, <laughs> it's combined Chucky Robinson who could play themselves into a bigger conversation. And you love to see that because you can look back on 2022 and say, gosh, that year, that was a rough year overall for the Reds. But that's when we saw the emergence of this dude. And TJ Friedel is emerging in the months of August. Can he continue it moving forward? I'm watching him every night. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll definitely keep you up to date every night. I'm not saying that you should watch the entire game just to watch TJ Friedel, but TJ Friedel is worth the watch if you're flipping channels and you happen to pass, which by the way, who flips channels anyway, I'm talking myself in circles now. Thanks so much for checking out this edition of the locked on reds podcast. Make sure that you uh, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcasting app, hit the follow button here on YouTube and click that bell to get Notified tomorrow, we are going to look at what the Reds did in the series finale. Can they get the series against those dumb birds? I hope so. Thanks for making Lockdown Reds your first listen. Now check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview. For 2022, it's an eight episode extravaganza that will get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of every locked on podcast team, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling from locked on bets are all combined into one ultimate NFL preview. Football is almost back. Now college football is, but NFL football is almost back. Search for the ultimate pro football preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. And as far as Reds baseball is concerned, you know, I'm going to have you covered every single day for the rest of the week. It's just you and me and coming back Monday or Tuesday, actually Steve will return because we're locked on Reds every single day. Hey, prime members. You can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon music. Download the Amazon music app today.